And there was like a hush of a mighty wind as the Spirit filled the place, Scripture says. Yes? If you have your Bible, if you'll turn to, uh, you'll turn to 2 Timothy, it's kind of toward the end, right? So you get into the gospel, uh, letters of John, you're too far, just go back a little bit. I want to talk to you this morning about news. News you can trust. You know, we are so used to the news cycle running 24-7. It's all the time. And we are kind of caught in between the many, many things that show up, like blip, 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 on the phone all day long. And then kind of old patterns and on actually watching the news. Huh. Right? Some people still do that. Um, and, and you see just an ongoing onslaught, and it's so much, and it gets overwhelming, right? It's, it's like we kind of know about, you know, a shooting in the back alley of Timbuktu before those down the street in Timbuktu knows about it, right? So it becomes overwhelming. All of a sudden, we hear all kinds of things, and, and so the news medias are trying to kind of come up with, with uh, you know, quaint things about, you know, news you can use, you know, like... You know, I don't even know what that means. Um, but we, we are just so bombarded with this. And so much of it is bad news. Fortunately, much good news come our way as well. Thankfully, that is so. You, you get the job that you always wanted. You applied for all kind of institutions to study at, and the one you really wanted came through. Uh, the person that you actually were in love with said yes when you proposed, right? Uh, just good things. You had a, a wonderful, beautiful child, and, and God just showed his mercy with that. The bad things you were afraid would happen did not happen. Lots of good news as well. Let's not forget that. But the question is, are there sometimes news that is not just a great message of good tidings, if you will, or, or, or good announcement, but something that can radically transform our lives, something that is so powerful that beyond spreading joy, beyond spreading kind of information, it moves us to a new trajectory in our lives. Does that happen? The answer is yes. It really does. And so we want to look at that today. And, and no message really lives up to that kind of claim more than the message from God himself about his son, Jesus Christ, who came and did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Indeed, put our lives on a new trajectory, if you will. Here's the news that truly supersedes just kind of a joyful message, but something that is so revolutionary that it carries with it something that we can find no real word for other than the word call. It changes how we think about reality and the purpose of our lives. So let's read just some, some uh, few words here from this last letter that Paul ever wrote, probably just a few weeks before he was executed. 
in Rome here. Second Timothy chapter one, verse eight, and I'll read just the next four or five verses. Don't be ashamed. Paul is speaking here to his to his son in the ministry, Timothy. Don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Instead, sharing the suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus even before time began. This has now been made evident through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Or the good news, if you will. O angelion is the, the word that we translate gospel. It is a Greek word. Mean, o means good. Angelion means message, right? The good news, the good message. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher. And that is why I suffer these things. But I'm not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to guard us um, guard what has been entrusted to me until that day. What is this news? I think some of the issues that have kind of come to fore lately is that we, we have stopped thinking about the quality and the kind and, and e- even the character of the news that we hear. And that is true also with the story about Jesus. We who listen to that a lot, we kind of make that somewhat of a humdrum and we have stopped asking about what kind of news is that? Is there something that I just mentioned before that, that, that beyond what we do with it, where we theorize and theologize and, and we treat this news, this word about salvation through God and through Jesus Christ, we, we put that over someplace as a life insurance, yes? Many people have life insurances. We never look at it, but it's good to have there just in case, uh-huh. Right? Didn't impact my life, doesn't do anything, it's just in the drawer. You hear me? Yes? And sometimes we do that even to big words and big concepts and big realities like salvation. So what's going on here when you look at this, right? Think about this. God has not only, quote, saved us, with that comes a calling. A life change, a transformation into a new reality, if you will. Along with what he is giving us when he is, he is offering his salvation is a relationship. And a relationship is what defines you. It changes the way you think about reality. Some of you are saying, I don't know if I... Well, if you're in a relationship with someone and it doesn't do that, you're just cohabiting. I got married to my wife. She may have been the same. I don't know. I'm, I'm certainly not. Yes? Because that's what relationship does. Are you hearing me with this? 
It changes the way we, we think about everything. We are changed by that relationship. And that is why Paul is using these massive, huge terms. He saved us, right? And called us with a holy calling. And that's like a big thing that he gives all over. If you read Paul at all, and, and if you're not sure where you're here to find him, just, just get the Bible and look after you get through the Gospels and, and, and the book of Acts, and then you have 13 letters of Paul. And I don't take that for granted that everybody necessarily knows that. But it's a good read, friends. It will train you to think about God in strong, strong ways. And that word holy is a word of belonging. We have gotten it so twisted and so turned in our thinking because we, we have kind of made a list of what does it mean to be holy. That means, you know, you got to be perfect. You got to be blameless. You got to be pure. You got to not do this, not do that. And we have all this list of it. That's holiness. That's never what holiness means. The biblical word for holy is an adjective that is God's adjective. Yes. If you want to know what it means to be holy, study God. Don't make your own list. Study God. And that means whatever God is, is holy. And the only way to get holy is to belong to him, yes? If you take a regular bowl and you dedicate it to God, it becomes a holy bowl, yes? There are all kinds of spirits in this world. There's one that is especially God's spirit and it becomes what? The holy Spirit. It's just how it works, right? There are all kinds of libraries in the world, all kinds of books in the world. There is one that particularly belongs to God. That is the Holy Bible, right? The Holy Library, if you will. That's what is a word of belonging. All the stuff about it means to be separated away from, that's at best a secondary order. Yes? Are you hearing me with this? I know I'm, I'm kind of rattling some of your long-standing teaching, right? And even some of the theologians that are writing about that. But that is just the reality of how that works in Scripture. To be holy is to belong to God. And then when you do that, of course, other things has to move away. Absolutely. The same way when I belong to my wife, I'm separated from all the others. Yes? But that's not how I define that. People say, tell me about your wife. I belong to my wife. I'm not saying, oh, I'm separated from... No. Primary order is that. And that's what's going on here, right? So think of it this way. We are saved by a holy calling. We belong to God. The salvation is a gift, but it's not a thing that you can wrap and take out whenever you want it. Rather, it's a living thing. It's a life giving relationship that wraps itself around you. Oh, I hope we hear this, friends. As we're trying to see what is God doing in our midst. How do we understand what it means to live in his presence? This is where we see some of these things. This is also why Peter, the great apostle, could say that you need to grow up in your salvation. That's the character, the quality of this news that you can trust. It is received like a tree. 
It's a little tree and it grows and, and, and little blooms and sprouts come on and they open up like a beautiful flower. And then little fruits begin to show and these fruits begin to, to grow and they begin to ripen and they mature. That's the kind of thing Paul is talking about here when he talks about the character and the quality of the news that comes. Are we hearing this, friends? Yes. This is where we are with this. Christians today has an enormous need, and I'm including myself, and I'm including all of us. It's a general statement here, right? An enormous need to rediscover the depth, even the radical, life-changing power of this news that comes our way and that is found in that word salvation or being saved it is simply a mockery against the living God against the one that we call ours the one who gives us our name as Christians when we just belittle that term to something that is not all that important Salvation, friends, is a majestic word. Can we get this? Can we say that? Majestic words. It has genuine, genuine, real, life-changing impact. And when we reduce it, like the book of Hebrews says we should not do. Do not, it says. Belittle or reduce, or the word that's used translated, most translated, ignore such a great salvation. This is it. There is something very powerful about the very quality of what we're talking about. And until we see that, friends, we'll skate over it. It'll become this thing that we can kind of put in the drawer and pull out when we feel like we need it. I hope we're hearing this. Paul, his heart is bleeding. He is writing this shortly before he dies. And so what about the origin? Notice the power of this here. And, and I'm going to probably move a little bit faster than, than what it would have been, been, been better here just because of time. But notice about the origin of the news that here. Where is this incredible news coming from? And Paul answers that question. And he says, it's not because of your work, but because of his God's purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ before time began. That's the origin of it. If you want to really study the origins of this great message, you need to go back before time began. God did not suddenly realize, oh, I created this thing. People are rebelling against me. All creation is rebelling against me. So I better come up with a plan B. No, 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 no. This is What God planned even before he created anything. He decided to offer to people this opportunity to find freedom. To be set free of their own mess. As they come to him and recognize through faith that they need his presence. 
Here's another thing we sometimes have done with this word. Paul speaks to us here about what happened before everything was created. And, and that turns some into talking about predestination and things that happen. And, and they individualize that so that all of a sudden it becomes a matter of God having predestined me to belong to him and someone else may not. You know, Pete, Paul, Sue, and Jill, whatever, may not, but I am predestined. You hear that? That was never the biblical text. Not ever, not once. Every language you hear related to this are we language. It's plural, always plural. God predestined, decided beforehand what he would do to his creation through his people. It's always about purpose, not about status. Oh, I'm saved. No, it was never about that. God decided before the foundation of the world that he would have a people that consisted of those who trusted in him as their Lord and Savior. And he will make them the salt and the earth. You are saved for the purpose of letting people know about God. Yes? Are we hearing this? That's the whole point. It's about his grace. It's not about our status. It is not an easy thing to kind of fully grasp when we have lived in another kind of understanding for a long time. But that's the point. Paul says it like this. How would they know if no one tells them? How do they know? The world has blinded everybody. There is one way God has called you, us. First Baptist Church of Louisville. To be his messenger. Right here. That's the purpose. And when did he decide that? He decided that everyone who believes. That will be their destiny. When did he decide that? Even before he created. That I'm going to use the people who trust me. To be my messengers. To the whole creation. I hope we see this friends. I really really do. How incredible is this? That the God Almighty invites us into the purpose that he has for all of creation. It's not about your little world. It's not about my little world. It's not about our cute little conversations. It's about God inviting us in to the purposes for all of creation. Oh, wow. He can use me for that? Really? He must be desperate. Yes? No, that's why he called. He decided that's going to be the way. This church and each person in it, other churches and each person in that, people who trust him, us, that's what he wants. To give grace to people through Jesus Christ and enable them to be his messengers. I hope you'll never think the same about this again. This is enormous. We get bent out of shape by little things in our hoods and in our places. God called us in as his messengers to restore all of creation back to him. Yes. And it begins, of course, where you live. And in your places. That's how big this is. In fact, it is big enough that, that 
you know, old hymns expressed that, right? A blind hymn writer, Fanny Crosby, expressed it well when she said, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste, what? Of glory divine. Heir of? Oh, yeah, there you have it, right? Purchase. Come on. You can do this, right? Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. What? That's my story. That's my song. Not all kind of other songs, other stories. That is my story. If you want to know what defines who I am, that's my story. Yes? Make that sing in, friends, in the deepest way possible. And that's what Paul said. I may be suffering. I may be in jail. Things may be tough. But what? I know whom I have believed. I can trust his story as that intersects with mine. Oh, my. Oh, my. I'm going to say just a short little word about the content on this, right? I kind of want to go with this for another 30 minutes. Yeah, that reaction lets me know I shouldn't do that. But there's so much, friends. There's so much here. Look at what he says about the content here. He talks about Christ abolishing the death and bringing immortality to light, right? Life and immortality. The Bible speaks about death in three ways. It talks about the physical death, of course, which is our separation from this world as we know it uh, in that way. He talks about spiritual death, which is our separation from God. And he talks about eternal death, which is our eternal separation from God. And it's not that those things have disappeared all of a sudden. We still die physically. People are still dead spiritually because they have nothing to do with God. And there are some that will be uh, eternally separated from God because they will have nothing to do with God. But in the midst of this, notice this, Paul speaks about the now. It's never just about the then. Already here, on this side of Christ's return, it is possible for him to cry out, Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Christ has come to abolish, and that word means really to render ineffective. No more real power. No more consequence. That's what's going on here. Through the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ, through the power that comes in Christ, death has lost its power and its tyranny. Think about this, that freedom. Just imagine in real terms. Imagine this in real terms. You can be set free. Free from addiction. Free from pain. Free from fear. Free from trauma, if you know anything. If you're close to any kind of situation with younger people for that matter of many ages 
You know, trauma is a real thing like it has never been before, yes? We live with that. You know, one of the growing things around now is that the big company are hiring chaplains, marketplace chaplains, because people are marred with all kinds of pain and difficulties. This is very, very real. You notice many of the songs, contemporary songs, are, I'm no longer a slave to fear. These things are very real. And here it comes. Christ has abolished death and all the things that go with that. We are, what, 19th of February. Just looked it up this morning. We've had 67 mass shootings in the U.S. 67. Christ has come to abolish death, pain, loneliness, all the things that causes these things. And he brought to life immortality. He brought to light immortality and life. That's the point that's going on here. Do we understand the depth of this? When I watch the news, which is rarely good news, I have to go back to this news that I can trust, which is inherently of a different quality, a different character, a different sense. It's life transforming. It'll put life in a different trajectories, and it will remind us, and not only that, empower us, to live in that life. Maybe it helps to round this up to think about Paul. This was three weeks maybe, two weeks maybe, before he got decapitated. He could already see for his eye the glimmering steel of the sword or the axe, whatever it was, of his ex- executioner. He was in the waiting room for death. And still he can say, Christ has nullified, made void the power of death. He has brought immortality and life to light. Listen to this. That's the point. Everything is changing. He had heard Jesus when he said, I've come to bring life and to give it in abundance. Death, where is your sting? Can we hear this? Can we? Like, like a cry of triumph in the midst of pain. As he says right here, don't take this. I know whom I have believed. Don't, don't shy away from my chains. This is not an issue because I'm persuaded. And yet... Here it is. Can we, can we get there, friends? Can we, can we get the depth of this? Imagine this if, if we, all of us here, and those of you who are there who couldn't be here this morning, but you're still following along. Imagine if we heard this word. Fill this up, right? If you think about what's going on even as you, some of you may have heard of, of, uh, of that, I don't know about the word revival, but that outpouring of God's spirit, the hush of the wind of God, 
Imagine here what that would mean not only to our church, but to the city and to the region if that truly happens. We are bearers of this kind of news that can be trusted. Some of you would have noticed that early word that we put right there under the welcome word, which says, good news, strengthen the bones. Right? It cheers the heart. Old word from Proverbs. We need that. Can we stand up? I want to invite some to come forward. There's some that just need to pray in a different way. Someone may need to walk over and grab someone's hand. Asking for God's presence in powerful ways to be outpoured here. I know we are five minutes over time, but you know. There are two weeks over time in the chapel in the Asbury right now. I'm not saying anything more about that, but you hear what I'm saying. Let's just meet with God, whatever God is speaking to you, right? Can we do that as we sing and as they lead us? Pray, come here. I know we're not too, too used to that. We'll be here. Some may want to join the church, say, I want to be part of this. But really, this is the time for you to commit to Christ for the first time or for the umpteenth time, whatever it is. May God do his work, even as we're seeing right now.